Hello again and welcome to Ask Shell. It is the first and third Friday of the month. We get a chance to talk to Shell Buzzy, who is going to be talking and answering your questions about... Fixing your house, fixing whatever it is you need to when it comes to uh, do-it-yourself. We want to thank you once again. Uh, Mark's Work Warehouse, also Century 21, Broadway Park Realty, Agents, Deb Cook, Michelle Bailey, Deb Schmidt, Kathy Fairyoung, Trina Statistician, Tony Hoffman, Jonathan Buchert, and Terry Korczynski. But we have got Shell with us right now. Shell Buzzy, how are you doing on this uh, fabulous Friday? Uh, just wait a minute. Uh, just wait a minute. I'll kind of clear my throat here. I'm eating some crow. Uh, oh, why is that? <laughs> well, I tell you that if you recall last uh, show, we were talking about uh, the beautiful weather we're having here. Yes. The grass was green. The the uh, snowdrops were up. The tulips <laughs> and daffodils were poking their heads out of the ground. Yeah. Well, we had in Greater Vancouver in the Surrey area where our office is located, where we're broadcasting from today. We had 40 centimeters. Wow. And in Victoria, they had, I believe it was 68 centimeters. So we cannot <laughs> brag or blow our horn on that uh, wow. early spring. That groundhog, hey, he must have been right. Yeah, you know what? Uh, it's funny how things happen like that, uh, and that's a lot of snow shells. So we'll uh, we'll have to hear how things are going for for you guys. And like we've talked about before, it it's it's funny how different places they're not. You guys aren't used to that, so you don't uh, <laughs> well, prepare for it the same way as we I do here. I'm not used to it, says Scott. I'm certainly <laughs> used to it being an eastern uh, out yes. of Ontario boy. But uh, I tell you, when you get that uh, white, uh, heavy powdery mm -hmm. snow here in the greater Vancouver. It is really an adjustment to be made. And the, uh, the people who really make up the slack are, I believe, called body shops, auto body yeah. shops. Yes, that's for sure. <laughs> so anyway, let's deal with their homes today because yep. uh, we can also deal with them anywhere across the prairies and certainly in the beautiful Yorkton, Saskatchewan. That's right. Let's have her. Well, we've got somebody on the phone with us right now. Hello. Thanks for calling Shell. How are you doing? I'm good. Good. Uh, what's your question for Shell? My question is, uh, I am wanting to repaint my family room. My walls are a, like a dark cappuccino. And uh -huh. I was wondering if uh, paint with primer in it will cover the dark if I'm going a lighter color. Right, right. And uh, one of the things that I didn't get your first name. My name is Marilyn. Okay, Marilyn. Uh, when you're painting and dealing with dark colors to go over, you always want to prime. And I would go to a primer, an actual wall primer, acrylic uh, latex interior wall primer, rather than one paint that has a primer in it. It's okay. like anything else. If it's going to be uh, a lesser degree of formulation of the uh, paint, then obviously you're going to get, well, the requirement possibly to do two coats of that rather than one coat of primer and your two finished coats of uh, wall color. So okay. I would definitely suggest that that way you go. Now, how long has the existing paint been on there? Uh, maybe three years. Okay. And is it a forced air heated home? Uh, with, the, no. with a furnace, furnace, no. or is it electric? It's a uh, gas. A gas furnace. Uh, we or don't have what? a. Furnace. It's just fireplaces. 
a fireplace only? Mm-hmm. Okay. What you want to do first is wash those walls down. Yeah. And I, I know a lot of people don't uh, do it. They think, oh, they'll just wipe their hand across it or a white cloth, and and if nothing shows up, it, uh, it's okay to go. Well, it's not because of the... Uh, the actual residual that's left from the heating system, uh, the residual that's left just from the change in temperatures, be it the cold, the dry, the moist, all those situations. Wash the walls down. You can wash it uh, uh, with my cleaning formula, or you can use uh, a wall wash uh, like a trisodium phosphate even is uh, fine. But the thing is, wash it, rinse it, and then proceed to do all your... Uh, uh, cutting in, that's your cutting in at the corners mm -hmm. and the ceiling and along the baseboards, and then uh, roll on your primer and then go from there with your finished color. Okay. It's okay. just that easy. No more. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, and I have what? one more question, um, and this is to like this is to do with summer and this is to do with our deck. Right. Um, that seems so far away, but. Um, our deck is cedar, and uh, we thought that we would go cedar because uh, no maintenance. But we right. find that uh, the cedar is, it turns that grayish color. Right. And That's so we can spray wash it, and then it, it goes back to that nice color and smell of cedar. But right. then, uh, so I'm thinking, like, is there a stain out there that we could uh, use that will keep the color but also last? more than a couple of years well that is a very good question and one to be asked now you can save yourself a whole lot of time and effort but uh, to answer that question there is not a finish that you can put on your deck now that the deck is down mm -hmm. that you're going to be successful and okay. uh, why I say that? Because all you'll be able to do is the one surface that's the top surface you won't be able to do the bottom or the two edges Mm -hmm. So with that with that situation, uh, that makes a big difference because of the weather conditions and the finish that you would put on the top. No matter if it was a deck paint, deck stain, or solid or semi-transparent, or just a penetrating clear sealer. Those mm -hmm. are all items that are going to uh, uh, really create a lot of uh, labor. Uh, I call it that... Uh, uh, manual labor that you'll only get one, possibly two years out of it, but it's never going to look the same as it does when you clean it. Now, you must um, use a deck wash to get the color back, or you're using a pressure washing system. How are you cleaning it? Pressure washing, but I did last year, I did use a, uh, a product. Okay. All right. Those products, what they're doing, they're taking the gray surface of the actual wood fibers off giving you the clear finish underneath the same as what you get if you were to sand it mm -hmm. that to me is not natural western red cedar natural red cedar is something that's going to gray out in fact there's a product that is uh, uh, very very uh, popular it's a powder that you mix and it will actually turn your wood gray and uh, that particular product is an, a natural item uh, that's going to be uh, uh, the same as what you're going to have if you leave the cedar the way it is. Now, mm -hmm. if your cedar, is it uh, nailed or screwed down? It's screwed down, but it's screwed from the bottom up. So you don't see anything on top. Screwed from the bottom up? Yeah. How would, how would you do that? Do you put it over top of something? 
what, what, what did you put it over top of? Did you come up from the bottom, uh, or did you make uh, large uh, platform squares and lay it down on top of yeah. the joists? Uh, you know, so, I can't really tell you because my brother did it for me. <laughs> okay, well, but, if that if that being the if that being the case, very lucky what he's done is uh, made platform squares and laid them down on top. Uh, okay. I'd like you to do this. Go to uh, uh, your computer and Google lifetime finish, lifetime wood finish. Now, okay. it's manufactured on Vancouver Island. They mail it all over because it is a powder that you add with water. Okay. And the, the nice thing about it, they have introduced in the last uh, five years a color that they can give you. And I believe it's uh, there is a cedar color, there is a greeny tone, and also there's one that's more of a uh, an orangey, uh, well, not uh, certainly bright orange or reddish or anything like that, but more of a natural cedar tone if you're to put the clear finish that you were speaking of, very likely that you were wanting. So it's mm -hmm. called Lifetime Finish. It is a powder. Powder is great because they can mail it to you. And okay. uh, it's very reasonable. And you'll only have to do it one time. And it gives you the protection that you want with the cedar. So that's okay. where I would. There's no liquid that I can really... Uh, make reference to in all the brands we tested it when we were doing the tv program we had our own little lab that we would check it put it out in the sun on the different types of wood spruce uh, fir hemlock western red cedar yellow cedar all those different woods were tested nothing was giving the satisfaction to the homeowner as far as a finish that's going to last unless you get all four sides and the ends so they're protected. Moisture can't come up underneath um, through the actual uh, environment that you're in, coming out of the ground. If you're down close to the ground, it sucks up moisture. And that moisture, as soon as the sun comes out, draws it up through the finish, and bingo, away goes your finish. Okay. Well, thank okay. you. So Wonderful. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay, Marilyn, thank you very kindly. Thanks for calling, and uh, stay warm. I understand it's cold there, Scott. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Marilyn. Bye -bye. You're welcome. Bye. Bye-bye. Once again, you're listening to Ask Shell. Uh, this is uh, this is one of the things that, uh, you know, even talking about paint, uh, this is something a lot of people like to do in the springtime or getting ready for uh, the, the more sunshine coming out uh, Yeah, the springtime. Uh, a lot of good questions about that. with Because I know that, yeah, those dark colors tend to be uh, pretty popular. I love the, the dark colors. But especially when you're looking maybe to sell a house, that's one of the things I've heard different, uh, different agents say is that, you know what, Sometimes it's best to get rid of that uh, that signature wall and just kind of have it basic because, you know what, somebody may not want to paint, but they want it more basic. Uh, kind of keep it, uh, keep it simple so that uh, somebody can see what their furniture might look like in that uh, in those those places. So painting, it's it's a simple way to make a huge impact on your house, especially if you're looking to sell. Well, you know, one of the things, uh, and you're absolutely correct, Scott, one of the things, though, that you want to really consider, because there's a real story behind deck uh, materials today. Oh, yes, yeah. And, and deck materials today, really the future is in composites. 
And in a lot of cases, your composites are manufactured from recycled uh, items of plastics, for an example. And uh, they are... Uh, uh, color stayed, meaning that you're not going to get the uh, uh, the chipping or the cracking or the peeling that you mm -hmm. get with uh, natural wood product. But yep. it's a cost factor as well. It's not unusual to talk about a wood deck being, uh, uh, in comparison to a composite, uh, composite being three times as much as wood. Yep. Well, the nice thing about it, though, if you uh, were uh, relating to a deck like Maryland's, for example, it might have been uh, left unfinished, which it sounded as though it uh, was. But there's a lot of people who will put the finish on it right off the uh, the bat as soon as they put the uh, the deck down without the uh, uh, bottom side and the two uh, edges being done. And they get uh, cracking and peeling when they oh, put okay. their finish on. What yeah. you want to do is make sure that when you put down a deck like a composite deck, you're going to eliminate those three, uh, well, if you're lucky, two, uh, but uh, two to three years, you're going to refinish. Hmm. So you take that with a composite and you look at 10 years down the road, you've paid the difference between the wood and the finish and all that labor and enjoy your deck. Yeah. So uh, you invest in the future. Absolutely. Well, we've got yeah. another call on the line here. Uh, thanks for calling. Ask Shell. Hello, who's this? Oh. One eight. Oh, we uh, I guess we lost them there. Uh, call back if you want. Three zero six seven eight three five one six zero. Toll free one eight five five four four nine five one six zero. We're gonna take break. It is Ask Shell with the Shell Buzzy once again. Brought to you by Marks and Century Twenty One Broadway Park Realty Agents Deb Cook, Michelle Bailey, Deb Schmidt, Kathy Fair Young, Trina Statistician, Tony Hoffman, Jonathan Buchert, and Terry Korchinski. Actually, we've got uh, the person uh, calling right now. Let's go to the rock line. Hello, who's this? Hi, this is Cindy. Cindy, what kind of Hi, question Cindy. do you have today? I have a question for Shell. You go right ahead, Cindy. Okay, what I did, we have moved into a house about five years ago that had a deck on it, and mm -hmm. all the paint is old and falling off, and just wondering what I could do to the deck to get rid of that old paint and which, what I could do to make it look better. Okay, now you moved in. Was it a new home and a new deck at the time? No, it was an older deck already when we moved oh. here. Okay, and now can you see how it was fastened to the joists? Are they screwed down or Screws. are they nailed down? Screws. Okay, now normally when you have a deck that's screwed down, you can actually set those by going around with your power screwdriver and setting those screws deeper, and then the best way to go about it is sanding. Use a very coarse grit up to, say, a 20 uh, uh, grit to a 40 grit. And uh, mm -hmm. the, idea, the idea when you're taking finish off, the coarser the grit on the sandpaper, uh, be it the belt or be it a disc that you're using, is the mm -hmm. better because it gets rid of the residual that you're taking off, and that's the paint. A lot of okay. folks will use an 80 grit or 100 grit paper, which is very fine. The idea is not to have a real fine, smooth finish on your deck. The idea mm -hmm. is to have a very grainy uh, uh, texture to the deck because that's what holds your finish. And okay. if you don't have something there to maintain that, to hold the finish, then you're going to run into a labor-intensive uh, sweat equity every two to three years that's your limit. You're not going to get any better than that. I can assure you right now that there's one of the most 
concerning items in the industry today is the amount of liquid uh, stain finishes that are not quality finishes that are either taken off with stripping compounds and either go into the ground that's going to retain in the ground. You're going to have problems with gardens around. All of these things work unless you use something that's going to give you the satisfaction of uh, a finish longevity. And that's one that, again, I bring to your attention, Cindy, as I did to uh, Marilyn, and that is the lifetime wood finish. So if you okay. just Google lifetime wood finish, uh, it comes in a, a powder. To give you an example, I have it up at the uh, at the trailer um, uh, court where we have our summer tra trailer up at uh, Harrison Hot Springs. And that particular material, we have it there. People come to me to get it because I'm the only one that has it. And they okay. love it. So longevity, sweat equity, timing, tighten down those screws, sand it with a 20 to 40 grit max, and uh, away you go with the uh, finish. But make sure that the wood is dry and make sure that you've got good weather ahead. You need at least a week once you apply it for it to settle in and uh, fuse the wood fibers to give you the, uh, the color and the, the finish that you want. Okay, good. Okay. Thank Thanks, you Cindy. very much. Okay, okay Cindy, stay warm. Yeah, thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> okay, bye-bye. Once again, this is Ask Shell. A great question again by Cindy. And if you want to call, call us 306-783-5160, If you're calling long distance, and we got another call right now. Let's go right to the rock line. Hello, who's this? It's Debbie calling. Debbie, how are you doing? I'm fine. How are you? Excellent. What's your question? Uh, my question is, I would like to know how to fix squeaky old stairs. They were great when my kids were growing up, but now I want to get rid of the squeak. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You, you weren't one of those mums that, yeah. that you'd wait and hear the squeaks of them coming home at night? You're exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> we, used to have, we used to have one of those right outside my bedroom door. Yeah, and, well, uh, and it, <laughs> they worked great dad, at the time. Dad never fixed it. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but anyway, if it's wooden floors that you have and wooden stairs or steps that you have or treads on your steps, those are items that are uh, uh, a natural uh, wood fiber being affected with the environment inside the home. The drier the home gets during the winter months with the cold air being replaced to the combustion requirements of your furnace, then the wood dries out and it starts to shrink. And, my and when house it starts is to shrink, they, they rub on one another on the tongue and groove. Yeah. So now, are your steps covered with a hardwood or are they single uh, stair treads? No, they're single. And, well, I mean, my house is very old. It's 80 years yep. old. Mm -hmm. but, so they're covered with carpet. But I can see the underneath of them from the okay. basement. Okay. Oh, you can see them? Yep. Okay. So if, uh, down in the basement area or the basement steps and looking up and you're looking at the underside of the treads and the risers. Yep, that's what the, I'm looking the, at. The actual squeak, believe it or not, will be the riser to the tread. And the riser to the tread, if you can picture this in the theater of your mind now, the, the back of the tread is where the riser will come down to the back of. Okay. And when that happens and you got your tread, you want to uh, take and either rescrew those from the backside. Yeah, I did so that, that already. Way, okay. And now where the tread goes into the stringer, the stringer is the pieces on the sides. Yeah, the little triangle pieces. 
that's right. Yeah. Where you can uh, you can sometimes shim that and be successful as well. Well, because maybe that's what I need to do because that's where I kind of see the space. I think. Yeah. Well, the reason why you can see the space because they were routered out. Uh, or they were at that time, 80 years ago, they would have been using a, a tool that is like a uh, what we would use as a router, but it was a plane, as actual, it's a hand-drawn plane. Yeah, and, I uh, would it, say. it would take that, and you can get a wedge in there to give you and tighten that particular area. Oh, but you don't a, want to put can, any screws in. That's the, the problem I can there. actually see the little wedges yeah, that okay. they put in. Well, those little wedges that you see, that if you could take a... Uh, uh, all the the butt end of a, a screwdriver that's or even a small socket, a very small socket, and just tap those in so they tighten up. Uh, a lot of people, what they'll do, they'll take them out and put uh, uh, some lubricant on it, but it's not the way you go to go about it because the lubricant will be uh, uh, picked up in the wood fibers. Like I've known people, they'll spray that area in there with WD-40. Well, that'll last until about the first two weeks in the summer. Yeah. Well, I did put silicone in so, between all the other risers. Yeah, yeah. I you tried definitely that. Want, you definitely want to tap it. Yeah. Tap them in. And, uh, you know, the the difference between the old way of doing the stair treads, risers, and uh, uh, the actual stringers, it's far different to what they do today. Oh, I betcha. <laughs> and, uh, you know, in those days, they built stairs. And also, you'll find that the stair treads very likely are one-piece fur. They are. And that that would be yep. edge-grain fur, edge-grain fur that uh, you see the nice fine grain. And that's what uh, treads were made out of in those days. In fact, uh, they didn't have carpet on a lot of them. Carpet didn't really do stairs any uh, good really other than cosmetically made them look better but yeah. when they were open uh, they weren't uh, being affected with the uh, uh, the heat or the moisture in the home they were kept in a an environment that was in the home mm -hmm. and therefore you didn't get the drying out of the curing whereas the stairs with the uh, carpet on them you got the under pad and then you got the the carpeting and uh, now and again, you might even take and shampoo the carpet on the stairs. And the shampoo is a moist material, as you know. It goes down. And okay, it will yeah. certainly take the, uh, the squeak out for a while until it dries out again. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, well, I guess we'll do a lot of hammering and shimmering. and then. Well, now's the time to do it because they're dry to the point that you are getting the squeaks. You'll find there's That's more right. squeaks. There's more squeaks come the, uh, uh, the summertime. Uh, I'm sorry, in, in the, the wintertime winter than in the summertime. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, for well, sure. So you, you make sure that uh, you got the squeaks out because it might be the uh, the little ones staying well, with say, the, the grandkids, grandkids sometimes. Now, so I have, yeah. to, <laughs> I have to watch for them <laughs> <That's right. laughs> or listen for them. There you go. Okay, well, thanks so much, okay. Buzz. You bet you enjoy. Okay. Thanks you so bet. much. Bye-bye. Once again, this is Ask Shell. So if you have any questions, you can call us 306-783-5160, toll-free 1-855-449-5160. Again, brought to you by Marks and Century 21 Broadway Park Realty Agents, Deb Cook, Michelle Bailey, Deb Schmidt, Kathy Fair Young, Trina Statician, Tony Hoffman, Jonathan Buchert, and Terry Korchinski. And we're going to be back with more right after this. 
You're listening to Ask Shell, brought to you by Marks and participating Century 21 agents. You can call Shell now at 306-783-5160 or toll free at 1-855-449-5160. We're back here on Ask Shell once again, uh, brought to you by Century 21 Broadway Park Realty agents, Deb Cook, Michelle Bailey, Deb Schmidt, Kathy Fair Young, Trina Statistician, Tony Hoffman, Jonathan Buchert, and Terry Korczynski. And uh, we're again uh, here with Shell Buzzy and uh, lots of uh, lots of paint questions. That's uh, that was pretty good too about the the decks. People are getting ready. They're they're already starting to think about the uh, the springtime, aren't they? Well, you see what happens, Scott. People get uh, listening to other uh, callers, and mm-hmm. uh, they immediately they get uh, their mind going. Now, golly, we're going to have that project yeah. down the road very soon, and hey, <laughs> what am I going to do? So, yeah, it's it's not unusual to get questions to follow one another. Absolutely. Well, we did have uh, an email. Somebody said they weren't going to be able to call during the the show, uh, but they said they wanted to ask. Uh, I would like to know the easiest, best way to remove that popcorn stipple uh, from a ceiling. I have wetted and scraped it, but it makes a huge mess. And no matter how careful I am, I always seem to get scraping marks or small gouges in the drywall. Any suggestions? And we do have somebody on the phone line. So if you can just hold on uh, while Shell asks this, we'll get to your call right away. But uh, uh, popcorn stippling. Okay, well, popcorn ceilings are a thing of the past. They're something that uh, the only time we ever hear about it, even in our uh, home improvement division, uh, is where they are uh, uh, patching, possibly, if there's a fairly large ceiling, and then we'll do a patch, and then we'll have to use the uh, texture or popcorn, as they're calling it, finish, Mm -hmm. which is a Styrotex type of material that they put on to give you that texture. But that's gone now with the... Uh, with the future of uh, ceilings that are flat back in vogue. The removal, and I can uh, hear and I can see and uh, uh, visually in my mind, I can see the frustration of trying to scrape it with a, uh, a knife that's obviously going to gouge and then you end up with a drywall filler and then you have to sand and what makes a more mess of uh, the scraping of it off or sanding the drywall. Mm. Does. The way to go is to go over top of the existing ceiling with a new drywall uh, sheet. Now, it may be an old plastered ceiling. If it is a plastered ceiling, very simply use a stud uh, finder. Find the uh, the ceiling joist. The ceiling joist, then you can mark it at the wall and um, put up plywood uh, if you want. But my suggestion is just go over top of the existing ceiling. Just did it in a renovation at our daughter's home here a couple of weeks ago. Go over top of it, use the extra long drywall screws, and then what you do after you've uh, mudded and taped and filled and sanded and pined and paint, then you put a molding all the way around Mm. like a a crown molding. And uh, that way you get a nice finish. You're not worrying about uh, the gouges and Mm. all the rest of it because gouges are more of a concern to repair than uh, putting a new drywall mud and tape and, fi- yeah. and uh, fill and finish. Now, if they are adamant they want to take it off, then what you can do, first of all, you want to have the uh, drop sheets everywhere because that is messy. Yeah. 
buy yourself the throwaway uh, uh, overalls, the, the white uh, uh, Tyvex uh, overalls. You can get them at all your paint stores, even come with a hood. And then by the time you put your face mask on, everything's covered up but uh, uh, your eyes, which you got to be careful. But it's not going to be something that's going to be dusty because I'm going to make it wet. Mm-hmm. So you get yourself all dressed up. You get yourself a one-liter bottle trigger ball that you buy at the hardware store, and you want to mix one cup of ammonia, liquid ammonia, with water. And you mix that up, put it in the spray bottle, get yourself at least a six-inch uh, uh, scraper. And uh, you can't use a putty knife or a, a two-inch or a three-inch or a four-inch. You want to use a six-inch. And you take and you spray that popcorn ceiling until it's soaked. And then you scrape it back towards you. you got uh, one of the plastic mud trays. You can buy them little yellow trays that they have drywall mud uh, in when you're doing a, uh, an actual new ceiling. But use this as a scraper, meaning you scrape off the powder, or I'm sorry, the popcorn ceiling, and you scrape it on the edges of the tray. And that's the way you retain mm-hmm. it. And you always scrape towards you, never away from you. That's where the gouging comes in. So you want to draw it back to you, but make sure it's wet. The only time that this will not work is in the event if the ceiling had been painted. And if the ceiling has been painted, you've only got one option. And that, well, you got two options, take it off and put new on (laughs) or go over top with a half inch. And I would suggest that being what we just did in a major renovation at our daughter's home. And it looks absolutely great. And you can do pot lights at the same time if that's uh, uh, one. What you're doing is modernizing, mm. say, a kitchen or, or a living area. Good to know. Well, let's get to the phone line here. Uh, it's hello. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? Excellent. So, what's your question for Shell? Uh, what was your name? It's Colleen. Okay, Colleen. Colleen. Hey, do you notice one thing that they're all ladies calling this morning? I see that. It's pretty awesome. Yes. <laughs> it's it's not that unusual because. They are the people that want the jobs done. So come on, guys. That's right. How can I help, Colleen? <laughs> I said, my job's been done, but I have a question. Because we had sure. our, our roof reshingled last summer, and uh-huh. they put a ridge vent in along the length of it. And right. I'm just wondering now with all the snow, is it still getting the proper ventilation uh, I'm hoping you're not going to say that we have to go out and shovel no, that no, off. No, no, no. You're getting the proper ventilation. Uh, any heat uh, that is uh, lost into the roof cavity is going to go up into that area. It's going to follow its own route, which is uh, heat rising, and it'll go up into the uh, the vent. It will vent through the snow. Uh, if you were to take a look at the uh, ridge venting uh, system, you'll notice that there's a curb inside. The water can't run back into the uh, and give you any dampness inside. And any snow, unless it was really, uh, and you don't get that much snow in Saskatchewan. I know that from experience. In fact, I believe Scott even mentioned it this morning, <laughs> that the yeah. amount of uh, snow that you get, and it's that real cold, fluffy stuff, that you can breathe right through it. So it's yeah. like... Uh, it's like insulation. Okay. Air will pass right through insulation unless you put a vapor barrier on. That's why they call it a vapor barrier. Because the vapor, which is within the heat that's being lost out of the home, you've mm-hmm. got that vapor barrier to stop it so it doesn't get up into the insulation. But if you don't have vapor barrier, then you get a lot of heat loss 
because air will pass right through insulation with no problem whatsoever. So extra insulation in the homes, painting ceilings two or three times on the older homes, that is your vapor barrier. That works okay. as your vapor barrier. Okay. So good okay. So Thank you can you sit so back and enjoy that cold weather. And uh, we'll eat our crow here because we're trying to get rid of some white stuff that we got here. And we don't like it here because we yeah. can't handle it. I mean, the plows uh, the plows that they have here in Greater Vancouver are like tinky toys. You know, they, 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 they're they not big enough to plow snow like we just got. Oh, boy. Wow. Well, no, thank you so much. They, they, they're just challenging us with uh, with snow here in this part of the country. Yeah, yeah, that's not good. But no, oh, uh, we can. We'll. It, no worries. We'll get through it. We love. <laughs> yeah, we love we to have... see you, Saskatchewan people here during the summer months and their vacations. So, we'll yeah. see you here, and, and you'll enjoy every moment, and uh, yeah. we'll enjoy every moment back in Saskatchewan. Yeah, good. Thanks so yep. much. You, you okay. betcha. Enjoy. Stay warm. Yeah. Thanks. You too. Yep. Bye bye. Once again, now. that was Colleen uh, calling to, to talk about that. Now, uh, there was a second part of uh, Lisa's question, which we'll get to in a second, which is kind of uh, neat because, I mean, it kind of fits together with the, the whole roof side of things. Uh, yeah. They have a 1972 bungalow, and she's wondering what kind of shingles she should replace her old ones with. Okay, well, that's, that, that is a very good question because uh, seeing that Lisa's not there to ask the question, I'm going to uh, guesstimate here on uh, 1972, the shingles on her home would very likely be what's called a windlock shingle. Okay. And a windlock shingle, looking at the home, there's still a lot of them on the prairies, they'll look like diamonds. They're like the diamond shape. Because that's the way that they're applied. Then uh, they got a, a lock on the corner where they overlap one another. So okay. that's why they call them wind lock. Because the wind lock and the wind that uh, across the prairies, uh, that you'll get the roof, obviously, uh, before the days of having the seal down tabs, uh, the wind lock would not allow the, uh, uh, the roof to blow off or to uh, uh, take uh, uh, tabs off. Now, having said that, the roof on a 1972 home will be very likely shiplap, which is lumber sheathing, okay, uh, rather than plywood. And certainly, uh, the OSB in the days of the uh, the old uh, chipboard type exterior sheathing, uh, aspenite it was called. It was produced in Manitoba. Okay, that particular material was not quite even entering. It was just about the time it was entering into the market, but it wasn't that uh, that popular at first. So she'll have very likely lumber, shiplap, fir, hemlock, <coughs> excuse me, or spruce or pine sheeting on the roof. Then they would put down tar paper. Then they would put down the windlock shingles. And the reason why the windlock was developed plus the reason for the wind factor was that the boards would move hmm. through the period of the 12 months because of the expansion and contraction, yeah. warmth, moisture, etc. And in that taking place, then if you had the three-in-one shingle, which is the tab shingle that we call a duroid today, those shingles would tear. 
uh, because of the expansion and contraction. So if you're putting on a new roof, which uh, Lisa is indicating that she's uh, planning on it, then she'll take the old roof off. Never go over top one of the old roofs. Okay, that's that's a no-no. Okay. I know I know they do a lot of it, but they shouldn't do it. So they'll take off the old roof, the old tar paper. Then they'll put down a 5 sixteenths or 3 eighths plywood on top or OSB over top. And then they'll use, <clears throat> excuse me, I've got the frog there. The, uh, the, they'll use the roof seal, uh, which is a peel and stick type of material. And then down on top with the fiberglass laminated shingles. And those are a tab shingle. And they come in a 30, 40, 50 year warranty shingle much more uh, uh, durable than the uh, the old organic paper uh, type of shingle like the uh, Winlock and or the old three-in-one tab shingle that we used to uh, uh, call them three-in-one tabs or three-in-one shingle. Mm-hmm. And that's three three being three tabs. So the, uh, the way to go now is to strip off the old roof, put down the 516 or uh, uh, three-eighths uh, OSB or plywood, and that plywood can be spruce or fir, and then over top with the roof seal, and then down on top with the uh, uh, the new uh, fiberglass laminate. The fiberglass being that instead of the organic paper, they use fiberglass matting, and that's where the difference of fiberglass oh, laminate okay. versus organic. Now, when you do this, Scott, it's very important to have a roofer that's going to understand ventilation. Mm-hmm. So they may have to cut more soffit venting along the soffit and or ridge venting, as was made reference to uh, uh, Colleen's project, yeah. and or the, the roof, uh, the low profile roof uh, uh, deck type of uh, vents. All that has to be calculated or possibly gable venting as well. So all these things are, uh, uh, you know, very common today. But we're talking 72, we're talking uh, almost 50 years. Wow, yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, uh, gosh, going back those days, I remember uh, they were called 210-pound three-in-one shingles. That's what they were called, the tab wow. shingle. And the old windlocks, you can't even buy those today. Wow. Well, you no. learn something new every day. And it's uh, it's funny because, I mean, this is an area that has a lot of, uh, I want to say old housing, not necessarily bad housing. It's just... Uh, oh, it, heck it's no. A, they're built better than the ones today. <laughs> That's right. And so yeah. it's, it's interesting to see the different ways that people are approaching different things or the different products that have been used in the past, uh, whether it be for roofing or for, for other things as well. So, uh, Well, that, you know, one of the things that we're used in the prairies a tremendous lot and there's still a lot of it out there and that's called the old asbestos siding mm-hmm. okay the color bestus it was called and it came in three ways coming a two foot uh, shingle and it came in a three foot shingle and the three foot shingle was 10 inches and the uh, two footers were 12 inches and there's all kinds of them throughout the uh, prairies and every time i'd go back to do a home show people would say well you know how do we dispose of them when we take them off and i'd say well why are you taking them off <laughs> and they said well because they're asbestos i said it's not going to jump out of the shingle at you yeah so what you do you uh, you coat them you paint them that uh, that color bestest siding really is every bit as durable as the James Hardy siding of today. Hmm. But, you know, you have to paint it. Yeah. 
You can't sand it. You can't, uh, because if you're doing that, then you're going to affect the environment because you're going to take the fibers that are within the product. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's all kinds of things of the past that we have now, oh, uh, don't get me on my blog talk. You know, I, <laughs> it, you know, we're spending thousands upon thousands of dollars to remove. There's nothing wrong with it. Mm-hmm. Mask it in. Yep. You know, so it's a matter that, uh, hey, if you want to paint something, something and you want to paint the last, paint that uh, uh, color bestest or color lock siding because I'll tell you one thing, it'll be around when the home is no longer yeah, around. Yeah, for sure. It, it doesn't go anywhere. And the nice thing about it, that when it is coated with an elastomeric type of paint, the home keeps its antique character of the history that that home was built. And that's what you want to do when you're renovating a home. Keep the heritage. <laughs> You're listening to Ask Shell with Shell Buzzy here on The Rock 98.5. Uh, call us 306-783-5160, toll-free 1-855-449-5160. And you can email me at scott at therock985.ca if you have any questions that you just can't uh, phone at this moment. So we're going to take a break, and we're going to be right back once again. Thanks to Marks, as well as Century 21 Broadway Park Realty agents Deb Cook, Michelle Bailey, Deb Schmidt, Kathy Fairyoung, Trina Statistician, Tony Hoff, Jonathan Buchert and Terry Korchinski. And we're going to be back with more right after this. You're listening to Ask Shell, brought to you by Marks and participating Century 21 agents. You can call Shell now at 306 783 5160 or toll free at 1 855 449 5160. We're back here with Ask Shell. The phone's ringing off the hook here, Shell. And uh, so we're going to get to our call with uh, Al right now. Hello, Al. How are you doing? Yeah, good, thanks. Scott, how are hey, you? Hey, Al, nice to uh, hear your voice. Uh, how can we help you today? Okay, Shell, uh, just a quick question regarding our the uh, outside siding of our house that's uh, yep. built in 1974, and it's uh, we haven't touched it. It's the original, I believe it's X90. Oh, yeah, X90 siding, you bet, yeah. That's yeah, the one with yeah, the plastic well, feather on the back of it. Yeah, so I, yep. I we were wondering, okay, the paint's all coming off, uh gradually you know and we're we we're we just are undecided do we rip all that off or go over top of it with the new siding nowadays or do we leave it alone and go and go with paint you know repaint it well you know it's one of those items that uh, i was around a lot i handled a lot of that material and i'll tell you that came in bundles it's three eighths of an inch thick it's yep. got a little plastic feather on the back of it, which was the uh, met with the uh, uh, receiving uh, edge of the one panel before it, and it would give you the overlap and the shadow line. That yeah. product, when it first came out, I, I know I thought to myself, 25 years. That material is going to be around a lot longer than 25 years. And it was. That was made by uh, JM and uh, International Panel Boards. And that particular product, believe me, is one of the best products that ever came out at its time. And it paints great. It's uh, one of those items that uh, I would very simply uh, uh, take. I wouldn't even use anything power. I wouldn't use a disc sander. I wouldn't use a belt sander. I wouldn't use a vibrating sander. I would take to the surface of that uh, uh, sided home 
with a block, a two by four block with about a, oh, I would say a 40 grit paper on it and just give it a, a light uh, hand weight sanding, removing any of the loose particulate and then yep. afterwards wash it down. Don't use a power washer. Never use power washing. Uh, when washing a home, unless you're a qualified pressure washing person, and I, I don't put uh, I don't put anybody down, but if there is a qualified means of using pressure washer, the wands and the fantail that comes out of them, and the pressure that's in behind them. You don't want to use any more than about a thousand pound psi. You want to have a fantail of about a foot, and you just rinse that off. You can't hurt the siding. That siding is made of hardboard. X90 was a hardboard. And then they had the color locks. All of that material was made in such a way that it was going to, at that time, they guaranteed 25 years. And it's a heck of a lot more than 25 years. You can see that right now uh, with your home built in 1974. Yeah. So. It's not something that you tear off unless you want something new. But I can tell you right now, but the only thing that you could put on there that's going to be better and new would be James Hardy. And uh, James Hardy siding is going to give you uh, the same appearance. And if you want to keep the heritage, unless you yeah. want to change windows, and if you want to change the windows, you can do that very easily, putting the windows. But I suggest what you do, you cut your windows back uh, around the perimeter. If they're, Are they aluminum or wood windows in that house? Actually, we already got the windows all replaced, brand okay. new. You got vinyl windows then? Yeah. Vinyl windows. And what did you do? Did you trim around them with a dimensional number and then uh, yep. the, the, the comb face material? Yeah. Okay. So they did cut the uh, uh, the wood siding, any siding then to allow that to go in and sit uh, flush with the, uh, uh, the sheeting on the home. Right. And you cocked up the side of the uh, the color locks, uh, or at least the uh, whatever one I want. The, it came primed and it came pre-painted. You got the pre-painted one by the sound of it. And uh, that way, by cocking it, doing the sanding, as I mentioned to you, uh, give it a good uh, washing afterwards using my cleaning formula. You can get the cleaning formula at uh, uh, Cloverdale Paint. They have it. A lot of the home hardware stores have got it as well. Give it a good cleaning. Rinse it. Let it dry. Pick a day that you can follow the sun around your home. You don't want it hot because that siding will uh, generate a tremendous uh, heat bank or heat sink. And uh, so pick a cloudy day and uh, or in the morning, early hours, uh, paint for a morning and then wait for the next morning. And that you will get the same longevity out of that siding as you've got to this point. Wow. Okay. And then as far as uh, uh, primer and paint, what do you recommend? Uh, you're you're gonna you're not going to use uh, any of the paint that they had back in those days because you had the solvent-based paints. Now it's all acrylic latex and water-based products, and uh, you can use depending if you're changing the color. If you're changing the color, then I would use an exterior primer, and the exterior primer you can tint it or have your uh, painting store tint the primer, and then at least you can do all your cutting in with that in around windows and doors and vents and all the rest of it, and uh, then proceed with the full uh, base product that's going to give you the, the finish that you want. There is a paint that you can ask for. It's called uh, elastomeric, elastomeric paint. Now, elastomeric paint is uh, uh, it's a heavy uh, acrylic-based paint. 
uh, and you can get it in your different uh, degrees of uh, finish as far as uh, uh, semi-gloss, flat, or uh, gloss. They, uh, the higher the gloss of any paint, the harder the finish. So that uh, gives you a little tip there. And I know Cloverdale Paint have it. Uh, it's called Tower Thon, T-O-W-E-R-T-H-O-N, Tower Thon. Used to be made, uh, they bought the company in Edmonton, Tower Thon Paints, and it's a great product. And the main thing when you're painting siding, and if you happen to have to go up on a ladder, don't paint how far you can reach and then carry on. Always keep a wet edge. Wet edge, go from left to right, it doesn't matter, but do, in your case, one uh, run at a time, one run of siding at a time, from one end to the other, and then go up the next one and go across, and just keep that wet edge. And never stop for a coffee, never stop for a phone call, keep that wet edge, only stop at points where you can stop next to a window or an end. It's just that easy. Well, thanks, Jill, and thanks, Al. Thank you. Thank you very much. Have a great okay, day. Al. Nice talking to you. Thank you. Well, we've got uh, one more caller that we'll squeeze in here. Uh, thanks again uh, for calling today. Hello, who's this? Elaine. Elaine, what's your question for Shell? I missed what the Google uh, address was to use on your deck. Oh, the, the Lifetime? Yes. Yeah, Lifetime would finish. And uh, you can Google that, and you'll find that it's available. It was produced and manufactured and invented on Vancouver Island. Very nice. Okay. Thank you. Thanks so much, and Elaine. I'm glad you brought it up, Elaine, because you can use it on decks uh, that are uh, docks, uh, say, next to water, uh, lakes, and what have you, because it's all environmentally friendly. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. All You're right. very welcome, and thanks for calling. And uh, incidentally, Alan... You won the uh, Boo Boo Prize today. You're the only gentleman. Oh, that there you go. That's all right. the rest for Lee's. And i got to say thank you, ladies. <laughs> it's Wonderful. It's great to have you on board. And Kate, they're great to have you phoning in. And uh, we love you all. So thanks very much, Scott. It's just absolutely great. 98.5, The Rock. Always Next great. Time. Wonderful. Thanks again, Shell Buzzy. It's Ask Shell, the first and third Friday of the month. Again, brought to you by Marks and Century 21 Broadway Park Realty agents Deb Cook, Michelle Bailey, Deb Schmidt, Kathy Furyoung, Trina Statician, Tony Hoffman, Jonathan Buchert, and Terry Korchinski. That is it for us for today. And uh, don't hesitate to uh, email us any questions you want to send to Shell as well. Scott at therock985.ca. That is it for us for today. Coming up next, it is the Hour Quest Lunch. Have yourself a wonderful day and be blessed.